Welcome to the American Classroom Podcast with hosts Jared Taylor and Lindsay Croslin, where we explore all things education, pre-K through 12th grade. Welcome to the American Classroom Podcast, where we discuss the role of education in building a civil society. I'm host Jared Taylor, and with me is Lindsay Croslin, my co-host. And today we're going to be talking about the vision and mission of Heritage Academy with Earl Taylor. Let's begin. Today on the show, we're excited to have Earl Taylor, the founder of Heritage Academy, and my father. And he's going to share his story about the history of the vision and mission of Heritage Academy. And maybe you can share a little bit of advice with us on how we can implement that. So how are you this morning? I'm great, Jared. Thank you for having me again. That's great. Nice to have you here. American Classroom is brought to you by Heritage Academy. Heritage is a K-12 public charter school in Arizona with eight schools in the Phoenix, Arizona area, serving a little over 4,000 students. Heritage was one of the first charter schools in Arizona, just finished its 28th year. Can you believe that? 28 years, going strong. And you can learn more about Heritage Academy at heritageacademyaz.com. So Heritage Academy, the mascot is the heroes. It's always fun to, every now and then, there'll be a poll or some competition that goes around the state or sometimes the United States about the most unique mascots in America. And Heritage is always on that list because there's no other schools that have heroes as their mascot. Did you know that? <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> no, but the, the funniest one was some, there was one in Arizona where we were neck and neck. It was too far. The polling was almost over. So we didn't even have a chance to really influence it, which is fine. But we were neck and neck with another school for the most unique mascot in Arizona, Heritage, and we are right behind the Yuma Criminals. <laughs> <laughs> Their PTO had caught on to it, so they were, you know, clicking the vote button over and over and over, so we got second place in that one. But Two very opposing mascots. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that funny? The Yuma Criminals. Anyways, but, uh, yeah, that's, you know, the, this whole idea of heroes comes from the vision statement that we have for Heritage Academy. Building America's Heroes is the vision that we talk about. And it's fun to kind of work that in. I've talked a lot, actually, this year with our teachers about being hero builders. And I've compared them with other hero builders in, in fiction like Yoda. You know, <laughs> it was a hero builder. Or uh, who, who else did we talk about? Dumbledore. You know, some of these fictional hero builders. And I just reinforced the point to these teachers that, no, you're real heroes. You're real hero builders. You're not these fake ones that we hear in stories that are fun to read, but we have real hero builders here. But Building America's Heroes, where did that come from? Can you tell us a little bit about the origin of, of, the, of that great vision statement? Well, you know, Jared, the, uh, the founders themselves talked about what they believed would happen in America, given freedom. And because of what they did, they were recognized by many people around the world as heroes, as doing something that no one has done before, especially in modern times. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and they received a lot of compliments. I mean, and, and as I was thinking about this, I don't know, I didn't know how to capture that in, a, in one word, except to say heroes. Mm -hmm. They are the heroes of liberty, of freedom. And, and what's interesting is that they knew that if that that freedom was so fragile that you have to be on your toes all the time in order not to lose it and they actually said and and painted some scenarios alexis de tocqueville was probably the most famous 
who came over here in the 1830s and uh, studied, and then he wrote his famous book, Democracy in America. And he said, I foresee if Americans are not careful, they will begin to lose what their founders have given them, even without knowing it. And he painted a pretty dim picture of what might happen. So the founder said, if you want to, st- to keep what we've given you, and you remember the famous quote by Benjamin Franklin when somebody asked him, what have we given you? A republic, he replied, if you can keep it. They knew it was very fragile. So those who keep the principles of freedom not only founded it, but maintain it, are heroes. And since we have gone a long way down that road of uh, losing it, the only way we're going to get it back is through these same kind of heroes that established it. So that's why we adopted Heritage Heroes, a little alliteration there too. It, it, you know, and as we've opened up new campuses, Lindsay's been really inf- instrumental on that. We've never really had a discussion of what our mascot is. They're all heroes. Yeah. <laughs> and no one's actually, I don't, I've never heard a complaint on that of, oh, we want to be a bear or a tiger or an eagle or something like that, yeah. some animal. No, we want to be a hero. And Even our logo, <laughs> you know, people say, who is that in the middle between Washington and Lincoln? And I always say, that's you. That's when right. you learn their values and their ideals, that's you. And we want to surround our young people with those ideals and values. We're going to bookend them. How did you you come up with Washington and Lincoln? Why not Adams or Jefferson or Madison? Well, I'll tell you, I knew we had to come up with a logo. And so I developed what really looked like when I was through a very complicated situation. And we had a great parent, (laughs) Jeff Richards, who was an artist. And he said, let me see what I can do. He's the one that came up with that. And when I saw that, immediately I said, oh, my. It's so simple, and it says what we do. Yeah. You know, his daughter, Katie, teaches for us now over at Levine. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. uh, Yeah, so that was great. Well, he did a good job, and I think it was so good that I think the Hillary Clinton campaign used that uh, three-person, you know, silhouette image, and some others have kind of taken off of that, but maybe, maybe not. Who knows? hope they adopt the same principles and values. There's still time. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Heritage Academy, there's really three parts to the mission statement. So let's get into that because people, I interview every teacher and it's becoming harder and harder because we have more and more teachers to interview, which is great. But I interview all of them and I always make our mission statement one of the key parts, probably the longest part of the interview is I spend on the, the mission statement and I just lay it out. I said, this is why we exist. You need to make sure you're on board with this. And so let's break this out. In fact, I give them a copy of the handbook prior to it. And I say, please read these selections. First one is read the mission statement and be prepared to have a discussion about the mission statement. Because oh. I want to hear what their thoughts are on it. I'm like, this is our objective here. It's not just to teach algebra one or, you know, biology. That's a side benefit. We want them to have all those good skills too. But we break down the three parts of our mission statement. So I wanted to do that with you here as well. So Let's just go into the first part, right? Heritage Academy is dedicated to youth, their growth and development. The purpose of education is to build strong character. Strong characters reflected in strong families, strong communities, and a strong nation. I think of all the teachers that I interviewed, that's what they comment most on. I don't know if it's because it's the first paragraph, or but it, it really stands out to them as the preeminent feature of our, our mission statement is to build strong characters. Why did you put that one first? Well, because that's what the founders put first. 
they knew that you cannot have a strong nation or strong communities unless you have strong individuals and families. And uh, we talked before about parents having that instinct. I think most parents know that. If you're going to have a strong community, you've got to start with strong individuals. And I love Jefferson, and I love to teach this to our young people because this is one of the principles of liberty that we teach. Jefferson said, you know, there's two kinds of, of ruling individuals. Some of them come from an artificial aristocracy and some from a natural aristocracy. He said, artificial aristocracy is you're the next king if you're born in the family. We've just seen that happen, right? Mm -hmm. It's not based on talents or abilities. It's just being born. That's artificial, he says. We won't have that in our nation. What we want is, is natural aristocracy. We want people to prove themselves in their private lives to be honorable, to be accomplished, to know values, to, to, to raise strong families, to raise, uh, to develop a, a great service in a community, whether it's a business or service or something, do something of value. And then Jefferson says, what our government procedure should be is allow us to tap into those people and say, will you serve us for a while in our community or in our nation? Mm. That's natural Powerful. aristocracy. Yeah. I love that because it always stresses. And that's why when uh, somebody's in college and they're studying political science and you ask them, as I have done, uh, so what do you want to do? And somebody says, well, I want to go into politics. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, are you going to prove yourself first in the private sector? Because that's what the founders said. Uh, rather than to think of politics as an occupation, as a profession. You prove yourself first, and then we'll see if we want you to serve us in the nation. So that's why, uh, that's why we wrote it that way. Oh, that's great. Well, and I think that's one thing that attracts a lot of families is because we also make, we go to extensive lengths to make sure our teachers have high moral character and are examples of the character and I don't know if you want to comment from a mom's perspective, Lindsay, on the emphasis that we put in there. You've been in a number of discussions that I've had on quality of our character that I've had with faculty, but that's, I think it creates a good safe environment for people to know, hey, this is a big deal for them, not just pushing test scores or things like that. Any, any thoughts you want to share on that? Well, I do appreciate, um, as I've been able to like learn and then witness what the Heritage Academy program does to help build character, and you see it as they go through school through all the grades but you also see it every day in their interactions with the other students around campus and with the teachers and it's reflected in happiness enjoying being at school learning new skills growing confidence in themselves practicing the things they're learning and so yeah I mean my daughter's uh, this is was her first she just finished her first year at heritage finished seventh grade and it's been impressive as a parent to see what's happening in her through this experience yeah, I don't think there's a substitute for a teacher of high moral character to exemplify what good character is. Because I tell the teachers, I said, listen, about half of what they learn and take away from heritage is what they're going to observe in you. And the other half is what you're going to say <laughs> or assign. I, I thought I'd mention uh, how I teach this concept of natural aristocracy to, to these seniors in high school. I tell them, first of all, I was raised on a farm. And on a farm, we milked cows. Actually, only one cow, but we milked. <laughs> and my brother and I would, uh, would have a contest about who could milk the fastest. In other words, 
who could produce more foam on the on the milk. So you take the milk after you get through milking the cow and you strain it into bottles and you put the bottle in the refrigerator. What happens overnight? The cream. Cream rises to the top silently, almost without notice. And then the next morning you can skim off that cream and make real good ice cream or butter or whatever. That's natural aristocracy. In other words, Jefferson says, you let people rise to the top silently, privately first. And those are the people you want to serve you. That's how I that's teach good. that. They yeah. don't forget that. <laughs> I bet. That's a good lesson. Be the cream. <laughs> Be the cream. That's good. Farms have lots of good messages. So let's go to the second part. There's a, there's a second part here of the mission statement. Let me read this here. It says, while teaching... The academic disciplines, Heritage Academy is dedicated to instilling into the minds and hearts of today's youth a knowledge and respect for the ideals and values of the great men and women of history, including those who founded the American nation. What went into to that language? Well, you know, in, in my observation, the, the students who have the most difficulty in math, we're talking Algebra 1, basic math, right, mm-hmm. yep. are the ones who don't know the principles. They don't know the multiplication tables. Easy things like that. And so you have to know the principles in order to be successful. And so that's why we teach and stress ideals and values of the founders. If you don't know those, then liberty doesn't have any real roots for you. You have nothing to fall back on. And uh, I'll never forget one parent who called me one day and said, Mr. Taylor, I just want to let you know We have great discussions around the dinner table (laughs) about current issues because my daughter knows principles. I mean, you can relate what's happening to principles, and you can make a decision whether you, uh, and and I do this too with my students. I get, uh, go down to the bill room at the Arizona legislature and pick up a stack of bills and bring them home and hand them out two or three to my students. And I say, now you read the bills, and I know they're young and inexperienced, but they do a pretty good job. And you try to figure out what that bill is trying to do and then relate it to a principle and make a decision whether it supports or violates that principle of liberty and stand out in front of the class and give you a report. Now, there's very few things that happen in a classroom that I love more than that. When students can stand up and evaluate proposed legislation, Mm in terms of principle. There's, there's nothing like that. That's another reward of a teacher. No, that's, that, that's, that's powerful. I mean, discernment is what comes to mind because they can discern between bills that are going to expand freedom yeah. and individual liberty and self-governance or contract it. How that, can you solve problems of government if you don't know principles that work? Right, that have been tested. You don't know over your multiplication and over tables. and over, yeah, right? Just, yeah, I think, I think that's super powerful. No, that's great. Let's go to the last part here. And this is another one that comes up quite a bit in interviews. People love the emphasis of the founders, the American nation, but they also love this idea of service that's, that's sort of expanded on here. So it reads, as today's rising generation gains an appreciation of these people of accomplishment, they will be ready to provide the selfless service to their fellow citizens and to their country, which will be required in the coming years to assist in preserving America's greatness. Heritage Academy exists to this end. Tell us the story behind the, the language there. <laughs> well, I don't think it's a secret to anyone who's watching that this country is in deep trouble. 
whether you look at it financially or politically or almost however you look at it, serious problems. And as I mentioned before, the founders even anticipated that this might happen. Mm -hmm. And so they said, okay, what you need to do is stay with the basics. You need to learn the values and ideals that we've laid down. I just, from what I've read of the founders, they had great faith in America. As a matter of fact, they felt like America has a divine mission and they, they talked about this in the Declaration of Independence. Providence is leading us to do this. Mm-hmm. And uh, they just felt like America should be the, and this is another principle, an example and a blessing to the entire world. Well, we have been to a certain extent, but we've become the policemen of the world, and they didn't envision that. They knew that America had to be the last great hope for freedom and liberty. And so... When you look at young people and you realize, and I've told them in class, here I'm an adult, I'm old enough to be your grandfather. I'm sorry for my generation and what we did. <laughs> we just haven't been true. Let's give them an example. Uh, for example, money, paying debts. Oh, they hated debt. But they knew once in a while you had to go into debt. You know what their solution was? The same generation that goes into debt needs to set up a program to pay off that debt before they leave the scene. Not pass it on to their children and grandchildren. Not pass it on to the next generation and tax them without representation, you know? So, you know, those kind of things that uh, our young people, in my opinion, have a great future if they stay with the principles because this nation will endure. I believe that. I know that. And uh, America has not yet fulfilled its greatest uh, vision from the founders. So we have a lot of work to do. We've got our, our foot stuck in the mud a little bit, but uh, these young people will get us out. You're two students too, Lindsay. Yeah, got to help get us out. <laughs> <laughs> Every now and then when I interview a teacher and have them comment on this, they go, well, it sounds a little political like Donald Trump, this word greatness. And I said, this was actually written in 1994 and that's when Donald Trump was still a Democrat three wives ago. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, But the truth is, is it's founded on the great principles that America has. And, and I also related some of these teachers. I said, it's, I, we take an idea like Calvin, President Coolidge, you know, when he gave that great 100th anniversary speech on the Declaration of Independence. And he effectively says, if you show us something better, then we'll go there. But until then, these are the best principles and government that we can possibly have and let's stick with it and enjoy those great freedoms. And that's why I I agree with you. America will prevail in the end because it's based on truth and truth prevails and truth solves problems. The problems that we have just need to get back to it. And the beautiful part of our system, Jared, is that do you realize what we could do every two years? We could change almost every member of every state legislature every two years because that's their term of office change the whole House of Representatives every two years, change one-third the Senate, and every other two-year period, do all that again, another third the Senate, the President. We call that peaceful self-repair. It's powerful. But you have to know, you have to know the roots. You right. You know the, 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 the ideals and values to get back to them. Well, and these three goals build on the essential idea of what we're trying to do in this podcast is building a, a civil society. And, you know, people like Victor Davids Hansen have recently wrote excellent articles and speeches on the difference between a resident and a citizen. 
And that's part of what we're trying to do at Heritage is build citizens. Residents are people that are disconnected, uneducated. They drive in, garage door comes down behind them, and Thursday night TV flips on for the rest of the day. They're, or or they're, they're, they just go into the metaverse or somewhere. They're just disconnected from their civil society. And I know Heritage is encouraging people to be educated, be active, participate, have your voice heard do something be be an active member of society contribute to your community it's powerful well, it's interesting to see how many people are kind of coming out of the woodwork because the when these things start affecting your pocketbook and your individual liberties that they have been for a long time but people have kind of been asleep to that but but now they're seeing the the, right. the fruits of this kind of stuff and it's not good I think some of the people that benefit, everybody benefits from our program, but some people that really embrace it are the immigrants. And without going on too long about it, they see that these ideas help them live the American dream. That's why they came here. This is the American dream. And how do they, this is the roadmap to the American dream. And this is what they need to learn. And it's just fun to see people of all denominations, all ethnicities go through our program and really see what the American dream is all about. It's not just the car and the boat in the driveway, right? That's what it's boiled down to commonly. But how have you seen some of our scholars really flourish, you know, beyond heritage as, as they've become heroes? Well, of course, they're all still, still rel- relatively young adults, you know, and getting through school and starting families and so forth. But, uh, there are several who have been involved in uh, political activities that I know of. Uh, you know, we, we have political parties that the founders didn't uh, really uh, care for, but uh, that's how we work. And so you have to be involved in your party. We have several of our, that I know of, uh, alumni actively involved in their political parties of their choice. and. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so it's just, uh, they're finding their own way. But the beautiful thing it is, and I'll ask them this once, not one, once in a while, do you still know the principles? And they'll say, well, yeah, I think so, Mr. Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I, I just have great hope for them. Yeah, no, no, that's great. It's, it's fun to see them flourish in all kinds of disciplines, right? That maybe they go into... Uh, public service, or maybe they don't, but maybe they're mathematicians or lawyers or something, and you know. But without they're um, proving themselves privately. Privately, that's right. The cream is floating to the top. <laughs> <laughs> We've tried in the past few years to really build our alumni program and make sure we're capturing, you know, just inviting the alumni to keep in touch. And so I've been privileged to receive the forms that come in from those, and it's really neat to see whether they're. Following up, you know, I say, what are you doing right now? Tell us what you're doing right now. Whether they're extended education, whether they're an attorney, whether they're, you know, in trade school, their parents, um, they're serving in their community. And so I really love, I should have gone through the all the forums before recording today, but I love seeing what they're doing and they really seem like they're happy to touch base and they always say, I'm grateful for attending Heritage Academy. So we are building our alumni and I think we'll be able to, they want to stay in touch because they loved their school experience. Yeah. Uh, we should bring uh, somebody back from the alumni group sometime at a, yeah, a future podcast. It'd be fun to hear some of their stories. And we, we have little luncheons and things like that, but 
Well, hey, Dad, thanks for uh, joining us today to have this little conversation. Any final thoughts or ideas you'd I'm like to share? I'm just excited on to see what you two are going to come up with in the future here. And I'm just excited. You know, I'll have to say this, Jared, probably know this, that when I was the principal, uh, every once in a while somebody would say to me, Mr. Taylor, from another part of the state, why don't you come and start a school and do in our community what you're doing in Mesa? And I said, well, I'm in the classroom half the time, and so I, I don't really want to be a, I don't want to care. But I'll tell you what, you get a charter, and we'll give you everything we've got, everything we're doing. And we've done that a couple times. And you run it. Yeah. And uh, so when you came on board, Jared, and had this, this vision of uh, really taking it to other places, why, it's, it's exciting. You've got eight campuses going, and I'm thinking, Wow. 4,000 heroes. There you go. (laughs) So that's thrilling, Jared, to see you do that. And Lindsay, you too. This is great. I appreciate you joining us today. I always like to reflect on a few takeaways here and certainly, you know, education, what a role it has in a civil society. There's other other major players in a civil society like families, uh, service organizations, faith groups, I, I like to call that the offensive team, but boy, education has a huge role. And that's why heritage needs to continue to grow because some people have kind of lost what the whole point is here and what are we trying to do here as, as education. That reminds me that in the days of the founders, do you realize that only 2% of the population of France could read or write? 2%, wow. And the founder said, if you're going to have liberty, you have to have people who can read and write to learn and preserve their liberties. So we're going to have a whole different system of education. We're going to educate the populace, which we talked about before. Well, we're going to have to have you come back for a couple of other episodes. And maybe that's one that we can talk about sometime is, would Jefferson be proud of what education looks like today? <laughs> or maybe we'll throw some questions out like that at there you. you. But, um, yeah, and I think we should do one on literacy. Huge, huge topics. Well, uh, Lindsay, maybe you can just take us out here by helping people know uh, where they can learn a little bit more about Heritage if they want to look us up. And Definitely. Please find us online at heritageacademyaz.com, and you can look at all the locations that Mr. Taylor just referenced. We have eight locations valley-wide, and learn more about us there, heritageacademyaz.com. Thank you, Lindsay, and thank you, Dad. It's fun to have you here and have this conversation. I hope those of you that are listening will join us next time when we talk more uh, with people that are rethinking education and and urging our society to be better and building heroes and becoming more civil. That's for sure. The civil society idea is very powerful for us. If you liked what you heard today, we encourage you to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Five stars is always the best. That helps helps us get the word out a little bit further love for you to join our Facebook group and get in touch with us and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Thanks again, everybody. Discover the power of education and achieving the American dream. Join hosts Jared Taylor and Lindsay Crosland on American Classroom, Stories of Building a Civil Society, the show dedicated to exploring the dynamic range of education options available to parents and students. We engage with teachers, experts, and parents to discuss safe schools, ways to capture vital opportunities for youth, and strategies to multiply our children's talents. Heritage Academy is dedicated to youth, their growth and development. The purpose of education is to build strong character, 
Strong character is reflected in strong families, strong communities, and a strong nation.